Yeah, absolutely. Is this what I sound like for real? This is what you sound like. Damn. <laughs> That's a D-A-Y-U-M. <laughs> All right. And we're live. We've been live, but how are you doing today, Anthony? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for doing the podcast. Hey, I appreciate you inviting me to come down here. This is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm both nervous and excited at the same time. I, I, I don't do live podcast that often really I, I think i've only done one other one and it, it, it didn't go very well well stick with me so. and we'll do this a lot more <laughs> as my yeah. following grows yours will grow sweet i appreciate that um so for the audience um i know i just recently learned about you through tiktok um you have a pretty big following on tiktok but um who are you where are you from i know you're from michigan obviously you're here so tell me a little bit about yourself well i was born and raised in texas uh, lived there most of my life until after i graduated high school and uh once i graduated high school i i took i, I kind of was a little uh wild hair in the family I, I traveled a lot i took a job as a ski instructor in colorado um summer times we were out in california doing uh road trips for tourists taking them all over like Yosemite, Yellowstone, uh, Las Vegas, Death Valley. You know, we just did camping trips all over the, the Midwest, the West and the West Coast. And from there, you know, I just, I, I went to the military for a little bit after 9-11. I uh, literally joined up 9-13-01 with, uh, with, a, with a purpose. Uh, my military career was cut short due to a few injuries. Um, got back into the civilian life, lived in Miami for about 10 years where I met my first wife. Uh, we got married in 2006, um, moved up to South Carolina and things started not working out after my kids were born. And then she moved to Michigan and that that's what brought me here was to be around my kids. Uh, I am currently engaged to an amazing woman who was one of my TikTok followers. Um, about 18 months ago, I met her on TikTok and I was doing a vacation prize. There were a lot of people going through COVID and, and struggling and stuck at home. And I really wanted to give back to someone in the medical field. And I found her story and started talking to her on TikTok. And I selected her to go. And we actually went to the Dominican Republic. Wow. And this was in May, I believe, of last year. And just had a great time getting to know her. And we came back. We said we were going to be friends. Uh, it, was a, it was a good trip. We kept in touch. And then in November, I literally dropped a bomb on her. I did not even ask about the dating thing. I just asked her if she'd marry me. And oh. she said yes without hesitation. And here we are trying to plan a wedding. Dang, that must have been a good vacation. It was a good vacation. <laughs> you know, she did a lot of things she's never done before. Uh, she she hadn't traveled a whole lot, but she's in the medical field. She's a, a, a biomedical engineer by, by trade. Uh, she got her education up in Houghton, Michigan. Uh, what is that, Northern? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, or Michigan Tech, whatever that is up there. Um, and, but she had never really traveled and hasn't been out of the country outside of going to Hawaii a couple times. So um, she swam with dolphins. First time had a walrus sit on her lap, you know, a seal, you know, swam with the seals. So she had a really good time. But when we came back, the connection was just really there. So uh, very cool. She she was great with my kids. I didn't introduce her to my kids until maybe July, June or July. How many kids do you have? I have two boys. Okay. Uh, Landon and Aiden. Um, Landon's thirteen and a half. Aiden will be thir uh, twelve in september so he's like dad i'm gonna be a man soon i'm like dude you're already a young man you kidding me <laughs> so i mean he's he, he's literally half of me if wow. you can picture that um 
but he's uh, he's a smart kid, and he he's really big into drama and wants to get into acting and producing as he gets older. And my oldest one wants to go to the University of Texas, hook him horns, and uh, wants to try and play sports there, baseball or football. But he, he's scared to get hit, so I don't think football is going to work <laughs> out for him. No, no offense, Landon, because I know you're probably listening on TikTok. We love you, man. We love you. That's cool. That's very cool. So um, at what point did you decide that you wanted to start a TikTok? You know, I, I've been around TikTok for a while, and my kids wanted to get on there. And as most parents should do, take a hint, um, you should research what the, what the site is. And so I got on to try it out. And I, I used to do some, you know, funny videos, adult humor, you know, comedy, things like that. And I got a pretty good following with that account. Uh, but then, uh, what was it, March, February, March of this year, it got hacked. So I was no longer had access to it. And I stayed off of it for a minute. And just recently, right before the 4th of July, I was like, you know what? I'm going to open up a new account and I'm going to try and get back on there. And I don't know what platform I'm going to take this time, um, but I want to do something different. And I put up, I don't know, two videos and then woke up one morning after the 4th of July and said, you know what? I'm just sick of the way this country is going. And I started doing some research and I saw what it, what you needed to qualify to run for president of the United States. And I said, you know what? It's time we stand up for the people in this country. Um, and, and, what, and were start, the, what were the qualifications? Uh, you got to be 35 years old to run for president. You got to be a natural born citizen and you, or an immigrant who has become a citizen and been here for 14 years. That's it. That's all they ask for. Now, there's a bunch of things that you have, a bunch of hoops you got to jump through to get your name on the ballot. And we're, we're trying to figure that out right now. Um, like the state of Michigan says, you got to have 30,000 signatures from registered voters and you got to pay them like 500 bucks. And if this is a case and you have to do this for every state across the country, it's going to be difficult because they only give you 30 days to petition to get your, to get all the signatures you need in California, for example, 198,000 signatures Whoa. and they give you 30 days to grab them. And if you don't grab them, you don't get enough to be on the ballot, but if you get them and hold on to them too long, they expire. So it's a very, very narrow window to, to get these signatures. So luckily for us being a, a nobody in this presidential race is there is a thing called the write in ballot where you can go and talk to your people and petition them. Not really like on paper, a traditional petition, but when you rally, you really want them to remember your name and they can write your name on the ballot and you can be certified. All you got to do for that is just for me is fill out one form, a letter of intent to run, get it notarized and send it back to the state, Michigan already done. So we are ready to be accepted by voters on election night here in Michigan. If we go the right in ballot way, um, my campaign manager seems to think that we can petition and get signatures all over the country, but it's going to need a lot of people willing to volunteer some time to go door to door, yeah. uh, go sit outside of Walmart or uh, an Applebee's or whatever to get signatures from people they don't know. And that, that alone can be stressful. Yeah. Um, so we have a couple different options, but with the write-in, there are nine states in the country that do not accept write-in ballots. Uh, South Carolina being probably the biggest one, Oklahoma being the second biggest one. And being a nobody in the, in the running coming out of nowhere I'd, I th almost think I'd rather petition those states for signatures, those nine states, and be a write-in for the other 41 states. That way we don't have to deal with all the signatures and all the money. Oklahoma, I think, wants $35,000 to get your name on the, on the ballot. And 
just starting out. We don't have $35,000 yet. Yeah. So uh, there, there's going to be some some loopholes that we have to find and get through, but we have to make sure we do it the right way, the legal way, because I'm tired of this country being run over by corrupt politicians and saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, and we elect them into office, and there's no way for us to hold them accountable for what they do. Yeah. You know, we look at the current situation we have in Washington. We had all this promise of unity that the Biden administration was going to bring to us. Where's our unity? We we literally hate each other from red versus blue, uh, Democrat versus Republican. We cannot stand each other. And that is part of the division in this country. So well, I think it's almost pushed the agenda so far left that most most leftists are, are kind of switching over to the to the right. There's a the lot. Right there's a lot of that going on, and you know, I I do watch both CNN and uh, Fox News quite a bit because I want to see what each party is living by. You know, when it comes to Roe versus Wade and the Second Amendment and border security and things like that, and I've opted to go as an independent in this race because I do think there are some good, valid points coming from the left and some really good views coming from the right. And if we want unity, we need to bring the parties together with like-minded individuals who say, yeah, I agree that abortion can be this way, or I agree that the Second Amendment should be this way, yeah. and we work together to to protect those rights of our citizens. Um one thing I'm very, very, very firm on in this country is I'm pro-choice on a lot of things because I look at freedom as a whole, as a, like a, a pie. And if you take a slice of pie out of that, out of that pie, like, let's say it's uh, the freedom of religion, if you take that out, you're no longer 100% free. So to protect your freedom, you have to protect all of our constitutional rights. And in, a, in an, uh, an administration that we currently have, it just seems like they are trying to take away little by little by little. And we're oblivious to it, you know, unless it directly affects you. And at what point does it stop if you let them have the religion, if you have, let them have if you, big tech censor us online, which is a violation of our freedom of speech. If we let them take these things away from us, at what point are we going to sit back and say, okay, now we can't have guns at all because they secretly took it away or they're pushing us this way, this way, this way and scaring us with the repercussions. So now we're a dictatorship. We're yeah. no longer democracy. Yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people seen during COVID, right? Like with all the lockdowns and the yeah. forced lockdowns and the extensions of them. And then the, the forced uh, vaccinations, the talk of that, and then the vaccination cards, like, now, losing our freedom there, I think a lot of people were very concerned about. I think they, and they should be. You know, I was a rebel during all that. I didn't stay home. Um, as a business owner in Michigan, I, my business did get shut down. What business do you own? I own a Longhorn Logistics. We're a, a small trucking company oh, okay. out of uh, Burton, Michigan. Okay. And uh, we haul a lot of stuff with uh, with General Motors. Um, That's where I work. Is it? Yeah. yeah. We, we haul a lot of uh, auto parts back and forth. You, I'm sure you're not familiar with Truck and Bus over in Flint. Yeah. Uh, we, we used to take racks over to Pontiac, or we'll bring them over here to Lansing. Um and we'll do some with Chrysler and some with Ford as well. Uh, we have some agricultural companies that we haul for, like nurseries, plants, and things like that. And everything we did was just deemed uh, non-essential. So literally, I was shut down as a trucking company. And the trucking company uh, industry is one of the largest industries in this country. Yeah. And I don't think re people realize that everything you buy in life comes in on the truck at one point or another. 
So we sat back. We didn't work. I got the two PPP loans, which Marco Rubio, you're the man for coming up with that. You know, I actually want to reach out to Rubio for a VP. We've talked to his office, um, and we're waiting on a call back from him. They said he'd give us a call back. So, cool. um, but looking out for small businesses the way he did is something that meant a lot to me because if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have survived and I wouldn't have a business today. So, you know, when people lost their jobs during COVID and they were told to stay home, they were told to wear a mask if they go to the doctor, if they go to the grocery store, you got to get a vaccine. It was just ridiculous. And the freedom of choice is where this is prevalent because you should never have an administration tell you what you have to do with your body ever, yeah. period. Where where did that leave you as a business owner when they when they said that if you have employees over a hundred you would have to get vac- they would have to get vaccinated or test weekly well like, i I'm very small. I had five employees okay. at the oh, time, so okay. that didn't matter to me. <laughs> it didn't affect me whatsoever, but once we started rolling again, a lot of businesses were saying in order to come into the loading docks, you'd have to show proof of vaccination or uh-huh. wear a mask, and I was just defiant all across the state. I was like, that's not a law. It may be a mandate but it was never passed as a law, so you cannot enforce it. So we started actually just giving our bill of ladens from the outside of the loading dock. You don't want us in? That's fine, but you're not going <laughs> to refuse the load or you, you're not going to have products. So come out here to the door and, and get your bill of laden, you know, sign it, whatever. But, uh, no, when, and when we were shut down, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, when I tell people I'm a blue-collar, hardworking man, I was on unemployment during COVID when she shut us down. Uh, I lost upwards of $200,000 in, in eight months, and I was furious. And there is no program to allow businesses to recoup that money that yeah. they lost. Yeah. So a lot of people now, when I do my lives, ask about unemployment and food stamps and cash assistance and these other federal programs, what could we do to make them better? Well, it's sensitive to me. I'm passionate about it because I saw what it was like trying to live on you know, $1,500 a week and then going down to $362 a week. How do you make ends meet when you've already built up your life portfolio, so to speak? Especially when you're, the government is forcing you to shut down. Yeah. It's yeah, not something, say. it's not something like you're, you know, like there's a part shortage yeah. or something like that where, you know, it's the company's fault or whatever. It's, yeah. it's literally the government telling you, you cannot work. It, and and uh, that was probably the most frustrating time in our history is, as, a, as free Americans is being told you can't go to work. You can't go eat dinner inside of a restaurant. If you want McDonald's, you got half a menu to order from because they don't have, but maybe three people working and you have to go through the drive through so many times, time and time again, we were told what to do, what to do, how to do it, when to do it. And that's not the way this country was founded. That's not the way this was done in 1776. And those people were were lesser men than we are today as far as education and work history and all that. I mean, they fought for this country. And when they wrote up the Constitution, they did it the right way. And we've been violated for the last two years. And I felt like this is a time that we can make a change in this country. When you look at the Constitution, it says we the people. And it's we the people for the people is the way it's written. That's what it was intended for. So why don't we have a presidential candidate that comes from we the people for the people is going to work with the people day in and day out to get this country back to the greatness that it it deserves. 
I'm not talking about MAGA. I mean, everyone wants to ask me about Donald Trump, and that's fine. Donald Trump is welcome to run against me if he wants. I'm not scared of him. Well, I think that's what everybody was kind of expecting at first, right? When Donald Trump started running for president, they were like, okay, like this is somebody who's outside of the political realm. Exactly. Who's going to come in and shake things up, which he did. He shook things up. However... I, it didn't sit well with a lot of people. You're right. And, and I think that's where I resonate with the American people a little bit more because I'm not a billionaire, you know, businessman trying to become a politician. I am a middle class blue collar man that has a decent business that feeds my family. I understand the struggles and the pain that we as Americans go through every day from the gas pump to the grocery store to the department stores. Hell, I smoke and I've seen cigarettes go up over $1.75 in the state of Michigan since since COVID. How much is a pack? A pack now is uh, just under nine bucks. And 10 years ago when I visited this state, when I was married, when we come up here, let's say 12, 13 years ago, they were three fifty. dollars Whoa. $3 a pack, you know, and now you're paying three times that much because we have a bunch of idiots in office that like to say, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, but yet you do the exact opposite and you're doing nothing to bring the the biggest part of this country together, which I believe is the middle class. Yeah, And, and Trump could go in, he stirred things up, like you said, I think we're still shaking over some of that stuff. Uh, it's not so much what he said, it's how he said it and how he went about you know, making it public to the people. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the work that Trump did when he was in office. I have nothing negative to say about him other than the fact that he could have toned it down a little bit, but he's yeah. not a politician. Yeah. So he just did what Hollywood Trump does. Right. Yeah. So my approach coming in is to be the American people. They don't need the flashy, loud music rallies, you know, to <laughs> pump everybody up. We got songs on TikTok that do that. Uh, we need truth. We need the absolute truth, no matter if it hurts your feelings or you disagree with it or not. We need the truth. And at some point, people are going to have to open up and be more open-minded to the policies in this in this country, such as LGBTQ. A lot of people, I lost like 200 followers when I put up a, a video yesterday. And uh, it's hard. That's So all the things you're saying are like things that seem rational, right? Mm-hmm. Like we need to give the power back to the people, we the people, like... We need somebody who's in office, who's for the people, somebody who's willing to make changes because they understand the struggles of life. Right. But to say that is almost like, like you're uh, like you're a far right individual. You would think that, but then when you hear like the policies or, or what I think about like border patrol or, or border safety, um, abortion, second amendment, you know, people accuse me of being a Democrat because I, I see the value in some of the things that they say. Uh, like that they, um, well, I mean, how do the Democrats look at abortion? I mean, they love it. They, 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 they think it's they, they, they pro-choice. Let's let them uh, do what they got to do. And the Republicans are sitting over there going, ah, oh, well, you know, we're we're pro-life. We wanna, we want, we want, want the babies to be born, right? Yeah. So I take that situation, and I know everyone over here on TikTok is listening because this is the biggest topic they asked me about. But I ask people to be open-minded and hear what I got to say first before you judge me, because we're a very judgy society now. Uh, we're very soft 
without a backbone for the most part. Well, I mean, we have to agree with all the ideologies of the one person. And if we don't, then fuck that person. We don't, we right. don't want them on our side. Right. That's the way it's projected now. But is there a way that we can say, okay, I don't like that idea, so fuck that. But I see... I see your your value in this, but can we approach it in this direction mm-hmm. and come to a compromise so that the people still benefit from the system? Right. So like with abortion, I go both ways. I tell everyone that I'm pro-life, pro-choice when it comes to abortion. Now, listen to me, people. Hear me out. Pro-life, do not use abortion as a contraceptive. It was never intended as a contraceptive. You have birth control, you have condoms, you have other things that they have now uh, to help prevent pregnancy. If you're going to have unprotected sex and you get pregnant, I'm sorry, but you don't qualify to have an abortion. It, it was never meant that way. Um, that is an example of pro-life saving a child's life because a mom, uh, a woman had sex with a guy maybe on a one-night stand and she got pregnant and she can't find the guy, so I'll just abort the baby. So are you suggesting that there be qualifications? Absolutely. So just to throw out a scenario real quick for that, let's say um, somebody has consensual sex with someone, they want to get an abortion because they the next morning they regret it or whatever, and um, they ended up, accidentally got pregnant. Um, you're opening it up for people to wrongfully get accused Mm-hmm. of rape you are absolutely and what i suggest is that <clears throat> first you go see your doctor in private have the security of going to your doctor and talking to your doctor and letting your doctor provide medical treatment to you one way or the other i think that after you visit your doctor you should see a therapist you find out your mental stability to move forward with a pregnancy if you are accusing a man of rape you better bring a police report if you're dead serious that this guy raped you and you want to get an abortion, what's a police report? It's just you talking to an officer, filing a report so that they can go after the guy who raped you. If we, if we, if we have this protocol, it's going to alleviate a lot of women because they're just not going to go to the cops. And I understand it's hard for women to talk about being raped to people they don't know. They don't want to get that out there. But you got to have confidence in the system. You've got to be able to trust that law enforcement will do their job and give you a police report and go after the guy that raped you. I mean, if he, in fact, did rape you, why would you want to leave him on the street to do it to someone else? Take your police report to the doctor, talk to the doctor, let the doctor give you his advice, his or her advice. They may want a rape test, and I've done some research. Rape tests are not comfortable for women. It's a very traumatic experience, and I sympathize with women for having to go through that. But if, again, you were indeed raped, it's part of the process. You know, this little girl in Ohio that was 10 years old raped by her stepdad, should we put her, should you think she would go through all of that to, to get an abortion at the age of 10? I think she would. I mean, she's traumatized at this point. She, she's looking at her future. She may never trust men again for the rest of her life. You know, the doctor that performed the abortion is now being investigated because he provided a health service to a young girl who would end up going to fourth grade as a mom. Whoa. And daddy is grandpa to the kid. 
So when the kid, you, you think it just affects the mom, the 10-year-old girl, it doesn't. That kid grows up in a society where he's got to keep everything sheltered because grandpa is daddy and I don't want people to know. And talk about the trauma and the mental health uh, issues that that kid's going to have. Is that healthy for that kid? I think that qualifies for an abortion. Yeah. Because it's it, it's protecting the mom. She's the one that's got to deal with this. That poor little girl may never be able to get pregnant again because of this situation. What about a pregnancy where a mom is told by her doctor that if you carry this full term, you're going you're going to die? And let's say this woman that is talking to this doctor that is being told if she carries full term, she's going to die. What if she's got three kids at home already? Yeah. Shouldn't she be allowed to determine how valuable her life is? to her other three children? She should. Absolutely. If your wife got pregnant and not to put you on the spot and a doctor said you're not going to survive this 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 pregnancy, I'm sure you and your wife would be talking about your daughter and your son and 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 how this is going to affect your family as a whole. She needs to have an obligation to say I want to live for my other children. I don't want to leave three children unattended without their mother for the rest of their lives. Yeah. She should have a choice, but that's where the doctor and the therapist come in. And when you go to the doctor for a rape case, you've got criteria you've got to bring in to meet. Yeah, the only issue for me on that is the, the lack of mental health experts out there right now. Like, I know someone that was recently looking for a therapist, and they needed one, like, instantly, like, right. that day, and they couldn't find one. And insurance company, like, she, she contacted the insurance company to see if they could find an in-network therapist to talk to that day. Right. They, de- they didn't even bother calling back. Right. So and it's like there, there's a mental health crisis right now also on top there is. of that. And a lot of my fan, a lot of my uh, people here on TikTok ask me all the time, would you be open to having free mental health clinics? And in theory, it's not a bad idea. It's not. It can be a, fu- a government-funded program that we get uh, mental health therapists right out of college. You know, if you're a doctor, you have to go serve a residency for so long before you get a full position with a hospital, correct? Right. Why can't we rotate these these mental health therapists that come right out of college that are educated, they're ready, they're looking for an opportunity, give them a job and tell them they have to stay, I don't know, two years, three years, and that and then we could help towards their student loans one way or the other as a payback. I know in the trucking industry, a lot of companies will pay for you to get your CDL but you're tied to them for two years. Mm, yeah. And after two years, it, your debt's considered paid. You don't have to pay them back for the, the loan, so to speak. It could function under the same logistics. Give them an opportunity. We're giving free health care to people who need it because it needs to be addressed in this world, in this country, more than most probably because we, we have stressful lives here. Um, <laughs> give them a chance. But we have and, the easiest at the same time. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's a, it's almost like it's a catch-22 because, you know, the way it's set up, yes, it's easier than a lot of places like Mexico or yeah. Ecuador or South Africa or what have you. But in the other, the other side of the coin, our administration makes our life financially a living hell, determining how much gas I'm going to put in my car versus how much, what am I going to have for dinner tonight? How yeah. am I going to feed my family? Well, I mean, inflation's on the rise like crazy. It is. And it, interest rates, I mean, it's making it impossible for people to buy houses. My wife and I were just looking at buying another house recently, and we got it pre-approved and everything, and it's the interest rate. It's like, whoa. Yeah. It's, it's what, like, 5%, 5.5%? It was more. It was is almost, it more? It was almost 6 at the time. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how you could do it. 
I don't either. It, it, one thing I try to tell people uh, when I go on my shows, uh, this country actually has the resources to be independent from the rest of the world, whether it's, you know, drilling more, getting our, our oil rigs to pump more oil, dr- dig more oil. You got permits. Uh, you can get permits in Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado, Oklahoma. Put more rigs in the ground. This is a question I want to ask you. Um, during the Trump administration, gas prices were probably at the lowest mm-hmm. that we had seen in a very long time. And then as soon as Biden went in office, it, it kind of slowly but quickly rose. Right. Why is that? You know, I'm not a politician, but I'll give you my guesstimate if that's fair. Um, I think because whatever Trump was doing with the Keystone Pipeline and the jobs that were working to build that pipeline to give that to pump that oil from Canada to the United States was giving us hope. So Exxon and uh, Texaco and all these other oil companies were were rich in oil, you know, and, and whatever happened with the relationship with Russia, we were taking in a lot of oil from Russia for some reason. Maybe that was supposed to be a temporary thing until the pipeline was to supply us with our own uh, oil here. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they put a lot of money into the um, the uh, Gulf of Mexico uh, offshore rigs, and they're waiting for that to produce. So I think in the meantime, the Bi- or the Trump administration did that. I think I, I mean it had to have. Some, it came from somewhere. I mean I'm 45 years old, and as far as I remember, I don't think we've been collecting oil from Russia for my entire lifetime. Right. You know, I, I think uh, even back in the uh, in the Bush administration, gas was affordable. It wasn't until uh, Clinton came into office that it started going up again. Uh, it went up with Obama came into office. I mean, when I moved to Michigan, I had a, a Hummer, an H2 Hummer. And when I moved to Michigan, it was like 379 389 up from Indiana where I bought the, tr- where I bought the truck, where it was like 240 it went up that quick, and I was like, I'm going to sell the truck because I can't afford the gas to go in the truck anymore, you know? <laughs> At the time, I was still a truck driver, you know, making yeah. eight, 900 bucks a week. Um, Which is decent money. It was. For, like, a, a middle-class person. It, it was yeah. back then. Yeah. But 900 bucks an hour with taxes, the, the, the rate that we pay in taxes and, you know, everything going up, that's yeah. nothing. Yeah. That's nothing. It, it really is. You, you've almost got to make $2,000 a week to maintain a specific lifestyle. Yeah. And who's making that kind of money now? Yeah. I have no idea, but I do think back to my point, uh, you know, with the whole Russia thing, I, I'm glad that we're, we're, we're putting sanctions on them and we're not using their oil. We need to separate ourselves from our third world enemies. Why are we doing business with them? We never should have been in the first place. If you ask me, are we, are we though, are we fully sh- sanctioning them? Because no. this is one thing that uh, I probably shouldn't say this. Is no, this podcast, is free, free speech here, man. What yeah. I just don't saying? want to get in trouble with the work, but there, the thing is, is like, I do know that there's companies that are still making products and instead of shipping it to Russia, they're shipping it to other countries that are like near Russia that can get it to still get it in there. Right now. Yeah. And yeah. they're doing it knowing that it's that, it, that product is specifically for the, the Russians. And I think Russia. what they're doing is they're raising the rate on that so that Russia has got to pay more money. So it, it hurts them a little bit more financially, mm. but well, it, did you hear what McDonald's did. That, didn't they pull out of Russia and they, then go back in there? Yeah, the, under a different name. Jesus <laughs> they Christ. rebranded themselves. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. See, I haven't eaten at McDonald's in two years it, just because I don't you like shouldn't. some of the things that they do. It's not good food. It's not. I mean, the nuggets <laughs> were good at one point, but now they're generic. So, um, But, I, you know, I really firmly believe that we don't need to be doing business with Russia. We don't need to be re- relying on China to supply the chips for our automobiles bills here. 
you work for GM. I'm sure you can agree that we have engineers smart enough that we can engineer the yeah. chips and, and and open manufacturing here to manufacture them here well, and ship them out here. And not just chips, though. I, I Working at GM, you see these part shortages in, in all kinds of different parts, like I'm just random mm-hmm. things. And you would think that like these companies, these big companies would realize that it affects their bottom line and that they would eventually move the supply chain to the United States, right. back to the United States, provide jobs here. But no, they're still saving money by supplying the stuff overseas and then bringing it over here. Right, because they're, they're looking at their bottom line, and they don't need to look at their bottom line. At the end of the day, you need to look at made in the USA. So if you – if well, that's one thing that uh, Trump did, right, when he was in office, that he created sanctions for these companies that were – like building things outside of the United States and shipping them yep. back. Do you foresee yourself doing anything like that? I, I would, because my goal is to get America independent from the world. You know, I, I feel like we should, we should bring the manufacturing here. We should make our clothes here. We, we have, we, we have the resources to do it. We can make toys for our kids. We can make auto parts here. We can bring call centers back here. I'm tired of calling Verizon on a Saturday and getting somebody in Indonesia who barely speaks English. You know, yeah. why are we not putting 30,000 people in a call center to answer calls right here in our own soil? Yeah. You know, we, we, we can, we can, um, we, we can totally be independent from the rest of the world. And if we reprioritize how we spend our money, we can put more money here back into our country, less money overseas. And I understand we have relationships that we have to uh, adhere to you realize we're spending like 75% of our tax paid dollars overseas and only spending about 25 of, of it here. Whoa. It's ridiculously stupid. Our mint is spending, is printing so much money just to fund Ukraine that yeah. now our dollar is being threatened all over the world as, as a currency that they don't want to use anymore. Stop printing money. Stop sending useless dollars overseas and let's start taking care of ourselves here. And if we reprioritize that and flip that to 75% here, 25% overseas, that allows us to take the same amount of money that we're collecting on an annual basis and redistribute it here in our country, SSI payments so our elderly can have a better retirement, uh, food stamps, food cash assistance, uh, unemployment, um, you know, whatever government programs you want to think of. If we have more money at our, at our disposal here, we can put it back into our companies, our, our, our government-funded programs. And until we start doing something like that, this country is never going to get back on its feet. Yeah, that's something that um, during the Biden administration I became kind of aware of, that we're, we're sending so much money overseas. I don't really remember, like, things being this bad when Trump was in office. It wasn't. And not that I'm, like, a Trump toter, but, right. but it just seems kind of ridiculous. In my opinion, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, we have to put America first if we're going to survive. And, I, and that's what something I tell my guys on, on TikTok all the time is, you know, my, I'm 45. I'm worried that my kids aren't going to have a future. I'm worried that my grandkids aren't going to have a future. And for us to preserve those futures down the road, we have to act now. We have to find a way to get America back to the great America that it once was and to do that, we have to say, fuck the rest of the world. We are not the financial bank for the rest of the world. And, and they had a bank like that in Game of Thrones. Everybody would go to that <laughs> bank and they'd take money, right? right? Well, that's not us. The rest of the world's problems should not be our, our, our problem. Our priority should be us, the people. 
and we should have a say in where this money goes. We spend it. We work. You know, I, I did a TikTok about the 16th Amendment, you know, how they, uh, they, they tax us on our labor or federal taxes on our labor. Isn't that, by definition, slavery? We go to work. We sweat. We bleed. We bust our ass for this country. Yeah. And they're going to tax us just to be here working. It's like, oh, you have the privilege to work. Now we're going to pay us. Pay us for you to have the right to go to work. It's ridiculous. Even though we want to outsource your jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to pick and choose which ones we're going to outsource. The most important jobs we need, we send them overseas. And, and then we're going to tell you that we, you can't go to work because of COVID or whatever it is. Because of a of a of a flu virus on crack <laughs> is what it really come down to. I mean, I never got the shot. Yeah. And I believe I had uh, COVID in 2019 in December before it was a national thing. Like I was sick. I was. I couldn't you know, a lot move of around. Like that. And the doctors would tell me, I don't know what it is. There's a virus going around, but I'm just going to tell you it's contagious, so stay home. So for three weeks, I stayed home, and it was miserable. But I never got a shot, and I'm still standing here, and I'm a big guy. You know, I'm not the healthiest guy in the world, but it didn't it didn't knock me down. You know, I, I, I got up. I got healthy again. I went on. I never caught it a second time. My ex-wife, on the other hand, or if she's listening, I don't care. Um <laughs> She got the shot. She got the the two shots back when you had a choice, one or two. Yeah. She got the two shots and then got the booster, and six weeks later got COVID. And my kids oh. had to come to my house, and I was like, see, I told you. Even though we're divorced, you should still listen to me. I'm not stupid. <laughs> you know, you should you, you should never put that stuff in your body until we have further research. And the way that that was, that was mass produced and put out on the market in, what, nine months, 11 yeah. months? We had no idea what it would do. Yeah. I kept telling people, "You're going to grow, you're going to grow a tail out your ass or something." You know, <laughs> you're not going to know, and you're going to be stuck with it. So I never got it, and she kept wanting me to get my kid, I have my kids get vaccinated, and I was like, "No, we're not doing it." None of us got it except her, and Joe Biden. I hate you, man. I just, <laughs> I do. You preach and preach and preach about getting the vaccine, wearing the mask getting both boosters because it's not one shot anymore it's four or five and then you got monkey butt pox or whatever that you got to get a shot for too so now you got six different things you got to worry about and he what, what did he do last week he announced he had cancer one day and then covid the next day he announced he had cancer yeah he announced he had cancer i guess i missed he that. was out in a field somewhere doing a doing a, doing a speech you know and he said something about oh, I've got I mean, it could be the cancer or whatever, and and they're all retracting say that. that, saying, "Oh, you got like <laughs> melanoma or something." I don't know. But then the very next day, it's all over. CNN and Fox. Joe, Joe Biden tested positive for COVID, and <laughs> symptoms are mild with a runny nose. I mean, he coughs every time he gets on 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 microphone anyway. Um, but yeah, it, he took every precaution, and he still got it. You, if you're supposed to get this this virus, you're going to get it. Yeah. One way or the other. And yeah. I know some people out here are going to say, oh, well, you know, if you get the shot, it's just mild, milder symptoms. I didn't have a shot, and I, I, was, I was all right with it. It's like I had the flu for a few days, but it lasted for three weeks. Yeah. One thing that um, became apparent to me when uh, COVID, because I got COVID, like, at the start, almost at the start. Um, I was actually buying a new truck and the guy came out, he was in my window as I was pulling away, showing me some things. And I'm assuming that dirty bird gave it to me. Um, <laughs> and, uh, 
So the next day I felt terrible, but I was in the middle of training for an ultra marathon. So I was at the, like the healthiest I could possibly be at. I was at the height of like my health and I still got it and felt like crap. Yeah. And, uh, it took me like two or three weeks to get over it. But you know, like I guess the terrible, the the worst part of the symptoms were probably the first couple of days, but then like some of the lasting symptoms of like losing my taste and smell yeah. and all that stuff lasted a few weeks. Luckily, I never lost my taste. You know, yeah. I, I could still eat Chinese food and enjoy it. I, <laughs> I didn't have a problem. I, I never had a problem eating when I when I had this whatever it was uh, in 2019. So I'm I'm grateful there. Um, sense of smell, I think it went away for a little while, but uh, you know, with two boys in the house, it came back quickly. Um, <laughs> so you know, it, it it wasn't as bad as what they make it out to be and for it to drag on this long for some, some people died. Some people died. You're right. But you have to look at the other symptoms that they had or other things that going on. Comorbidities. Yeah. Yeah. They had some breathing issues or they had low immune systems or, or or they were like really old in a a retirement home or something. Yeah. Um, But then again, I think we had a guy in, in, in Detroit that died on a motorcycle. I don't want to jinx myself going home tonight, but on his death certificate, it said COVID. Yeah. He was well enough to ride a motorcycle, but his death certificate said COVID. I'm like, yeah. okay, so now I'm raising suspicion. Is this really big pharma just mass pushing drugs on us to, to so that they can keep making money? Well, I mean, a lot of these hospitals got funding whenever they said that they had COVID deaths. Yeah, it was so, like twenty something thousand dollars for the doctor, and I think the yeah. nurses were getting three, four, five thousand dollars. I mean, any guy anybody on uh on uh TikTok here, if you if you work in the medical field and, and you know you know, if you got paid for COVID, let me know. But I know they were getting something and they one were thing, keeping them there. One thing that I, w- I want to ask you too, is that if you become, or when you become president, um, do you plan on doing anything to shake up the pharma- pharmaceutical companies and the influence they have on the general public over like television and so- social media and all these different platforms? You know what? Somebody asked me this the other night and I told them straight up, we would hit them head on. I think what they're doing is basically it should be a crime is what they're doing. They're manipulating us into thinking that we are constantly sick as a society. You've got drugs coming out with new names every week on TV. You got to get this. And then I listen to the side effects. I'm like, I'm going to die if I take that. But if I don't take it, I'm just going to have a, you know, a sore throat for a few weeks. But well, we're one of the only co- countries that allows uh, these pharmaceutical companies to, uh, promote their drugs on tv and right. over the radio I'm, I'm totally against it because it just gives people more of an avenue of to get drugs if they have a problem you know if they have an addiction to something so oxycontin is not as as prevalent now as it was uh in recent years you know when they had that big epidemic of uh, of oxycontin spreading all over the country and I don't even really know about that because I watched it on Hulu. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's one thing I'm going to tell the American people. I'm not going to lie. You know, if you ask me a question, I'll give you the truth uh, for what I what I feel is the truth anyway. Well, and that's that's but, what I think that I respect about you the most is the fact that you're openly admitting that you are still learning. Like you are, you're one of us. Like I'm going to say that I'm not too political. I don't know too much about politics, especially like when you get over to like uh, what's going what's going on overseas right. and all that. I don't pay attention. Well, a lot of people but, ask me about that. They're like, well, what are you going to do about Ukraine and Russia? I'm like, listen, dude, calm down. All right. The president is not a one man show. He never has been. He's got advisors. He's got chief of staff. He's got a military table that he sits around. And, and you know, these guys all work and do a job. 
so when they come back with uh, economics or world spending or whatever you want to call yeah, it, yeah. those guys do their job and then they bring it to the president and, and tell him, this is what we've got. You agree with this. He'll read over it. He'll get back to him. No, I don't like this. We need to make some changes here. It's not like that's what he does all day long every day because he's got other things to do. Yeah. The, the president doesn't sit there and say, oh, well, we're going to attack Big Pharma because I know everything about the, the medical field. He doesn't. He's got staff that does the research and comes back to him with the facts, and he'll make a decision. But I think he's incapable of making decisions that, that affect us in a positive way. We should shut down Big Pharma. We should shut down big tech. Uh, to be honest with you, I love having these algorithms, uh, you know, these these outlets that we can get on. But don't tell me if I say fuck you on, on Facebook that I'm banned for five days because I said that. Nowhere in the, in the law is it written that that's illegal to say. You can walk up to a police officer and say that, and they'll probably just say it right back to you. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's the, that's just the truth. Yeah. So trying to shut us down or silence us, silencing us on all these, excuse me, platforms like Facebook, Instagram, whatever is, is total bullshit. Yeah. Twitter's the biggest one. You know, yeah. they get on there and they're like, oh, well, you said this. Well, we're going to shut you down for a little while. TikTok tries to do it. You know, that yeah, I call it TikTok timeout, you know, and uh, I got banned one day, one night um, doing a live show because a guy brought up something about my father. My father's been dead for quite some time now and uh i took it personal and i literally held the phone up to my face and i said well fuck you then and i got banned three minutes later Whoa. i put in an appeal and within 24 hours tiktok comes back and said we saw what happened and we're reinstating your live capabilities so they ban you and then you're you're guilty and then you go put an appeal and then they come back and say oh yeah you were you were innocent we we <laughs> saw he provoked you guilty um yeah you know so you're okay you can go back live now and and Facebook does it too, man. I, I'm not going to sit here and say I haven't been banned on Facebook or blocked on Facebook for a little bit because sometimes I get over, I get overwhelmed with what's going on and I just speak my mind, which is my God-given right in this country to do. Yeah. And what I'm trying to, to prove to all these well, people, a lot of people is that think that's hate speech. They, they 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 can think that all they want, but they're misinformed. Yeah. You know, you look at you look at a circle, and you have 360 degrees of information. Let's go with that. You cut it in half, you have 180 on both sides, right? Yeah. Well, in today's world, today's American world, you have Republicans and Democrats, and they both make up equal halves of this 360 degrees. So if Joe Biden says, oh, I like this and I don't like this, so you got 100, 180 degrees of information on the left and you, or the right, and you got 180 on the left. That line represents a gray area, does it not? Yeah. I mean, it takes up space to divide the circle. We need to expand the gray area and start thinking about the whole story before we make a decision. And in today's world, like LBGTQ, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't support you because you, you support that. It's, it's not in the Bible. It's, it's, the Bible is against it. And I'm not going to get put, uh, put, uh, religious politically on your show, but that's not the way to think. You still need to think about your freedom of choice, your freedom of religion, and your freedom to choose who you want to love in this world. Everybody's looking for someone, right? Who am I or you or, or Joe to, to sit here and tell someone you can't love that person because you got the same parts, you know, love is love. And if you have a relationship with you, we lost followers because you said that, because I said that I lost over 200 followers yesterday. Whoa. And I, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes I'll be like, bye Felicia. 
Because, <laughs> you know, if I lose 200 there, I'm going to gain 9,000 more with, within that community. Because Do you I, think I those are losers, them. though? Like, those are probably MAGA crowd people, right? They like could the, be MAGA like the ex- crowd. Or they- I don't mean, like, MAGA, because this is one thing that I hated about um, Biden. He was on... Uh, uh, t- like the Tonight Show or something, and he was he was referring to like all Republicans as oh those those MAGA crowd those right. those MAGA that MAGA group right. So he's lumping this whole group of people as these extremists, like almost like they're extreme terrorists terrorists or something. But um, where was I going with it? <laughs> I was just waiting. I was, I was going to follow your lead here. Uh, I don't remember now. Crap. Um, they get labeled. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, so those, those people—they're probably the extremists, right? Of of the right, right? The two hundred people. Mm-hmm. So fuck them. You, you have to. You, you <laughs> have to. You have to. You have to let them go. And and being new to this, to this, uh, this online platform and putting myself out there for the nation to belittle or disrespect, my skin's not as thick as it needs to be. I have my faults, but that's. Because I'm a blue collar, hardworking American citizen. Yeah. I'm not perfect. Yeah. And if somebody wants to choose to be with the same sex person, that's between them, their partner, and their relationship that they have with whatever God that they that they pray to. Yeah, it's not the government's job it's, to tell you what to do. It's not. Yeah. And and people say, Oh, are you gonna separate uh, are you for separation of church and state? I'm like, Are you gonna tell a politician who goes to church on Sunday that he can't pray before a meeting in his office while he's sitting in Congress? You can't. Yeah. As long as we print and God we trust on our money, God is prevalent from sea to sea, from coast to coast, north to south. If we're going to put that on our money and we're that money represents our way of life, then we need to have that wherever we have our money. If you don't like it, don't use our money. Yeah. If you can't stand God or people talking about God in public, then don't use the money because you got your hands all over it. One thing that um, I also want to ask you, too, is I had Ryan Kelly on the podcast. Do you know who Ryan Kelly is? I don't. Who's Ryan Kelly? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you don't know who Ryan Kelly I, is. I'm so busy, like, checking out state <laughs> requirements to become president of this country. I, I don't I don't get out much. So Ryan Kelly is an individual who um, was running for governor, and he still is, Okay, here in Michigan. And uh, he was at the January 6th thing and just right. recently got arrested by the FBI. Um, but right after he got arrested or right before he was arrested, he was on the podcast. Okay. And one thing that he was talking about was how, um, a lot, a lot of what's going on in the educational system with the LGBTQ community is that they're showing, uh, pornographic images to children. Do you know anything about this? I've heard that they are trying to get this influence on kids as early as like third grade, you know? you know, so, talking about this and showing images. And I, I don't think that that belongs in that age group because those kids are still trying to figure out, you know, what do they want to do on the weekend with mom and dad, let alone yeah. who they want their first kiss to be with. Um, my son just finished seventh grade, going into eighth grade, and they taught sex ed in seventh grade. When I was a kid in Texas, they taught sex ed in sixth grade. They give you a little blue book, little pink book. They tell you this part and they tell you that part and put the puzzle together. <laughs> You can you can make a baby, you know. Um, I was I did a deep dive after he was on the podcast, and um, there's sure enough, there's cases all around the country of parents not knowing what's being taught, and so they go to these count these meetings at, at the school, and these parents are furious because their children are being handed these books that have these terrible images. I mean, they, I've, I've seen the images. It's like 
you know, showing like a penis going into a vagina and yeah. man and man having sex, female, female having sex and like, um, I don't know, whatever. Right. It was just showing all these different images and the parents weren't even told about it and they didn't even have the chance to opt out. And meanwhile, like one parent was arrested for speaking up about it right. because he went past his time. Well, now they're labeling Terrence as uh, as domestic terrorist. If you get pissed off at a school board meeting and raise your voice, Yeah, you know, you, you can be mad about this all you want to. And if you're passionate and you raise your voice uh, and that's how it comes out, that should not be seen as a terroristic threat. I mean, the school boards should be passing these uh, credentials like in a vote, like on 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 the ballot, you know, should the school be able to show this material or discuss this at this age, whatever, and give us the opportunity to a, if we vote on it, then we know about it. We can't claim ignorance if we voted yeah. on it. Yeah. Two, hold a hold a meeting, you know, like you do before school starts, you know, and tell the parents, this is what we want to do. Where are you at? Um, are you on board with this? Are you yeah. not on board with this? But to just take the public school system and say, hey, kids, look at this. And the kids are traumatized by what they're seeing. That those those teachers should, you know. I don't know if they're traumatized. That's the thing. Because it's almost like. Uh, my son saw his first vagina last year, and he found it on the Internet. <laughs> and, and I caught it. Well, he was in school, you know, when they were doing the online classes from home. And uh, I got a call from his teacher, and he goes, uh, Aiden's looking at pornography on, on his computer. So I went in there, and sure as shit, he's got this woman spread eagle sitting there. And I look at him. I said, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, do you like what you see? He goes, no. I'm like, are you sure? He goes, yeah, that, that doesn't look good. And so I said, well, log <laughs> off of that, and let's go have a talk. And, you know, recently he, you know, he, he's turning 12 in, a, in, in, in two months, month and a half. Uh, he started bringing up questions, you know. And, of course, this sex is all over our TV. And it's easily accessible online no matter where you want to go. Yeah. And these kids have Chromebooks that are connected to the Wi-Fi or whatever. They all have cell phones. They can pull it up. Yeah. So at some point, we need to figure out what the age limit is that we need to start talking to our children about sex and about all this stuff because they're going to find it. Well, I, th I think that that brings us back to putting more responsibility on the people and on the parents. It's on the, the parents. parents. It's the parents' job to to explain this stuff to the it children. Is. It's not the school's responsibility, and nor should it ever be, to explain any of this stuff to their chil to the children. You know, and, and back in, in 1989 or 1990 when I went through – whatever grade it was sixth grade i believe that and don't quote me on that year i'm dating i'm aging myself um when they gave the red book and the blue book it was very simple it was boys have a penis girls have a vagina and this is th they have this reproductive organ this is how a baby is made now that statement alone right there is my job as a father to tell my sons that this is this is how this works now if the schools want to go a little bit further and teach more about contraceptives and how to avoid pregnancies or mistakes or making good choices, I could get on board with that. But to sit there and show diagrams of fallopian tubes and ovaries and say this is where the egg comes from and, you know, this is what a period is, I think that's something a mom should share with her daughter and a dad should share with his son. I don't know if it's necessarily that, though, that they're they're discussing. I think not now, it, not today. No, no. When I when I was in school, that's basically what it was. You see the cornucopia looking thing and you know this <laughs> is it was it was simple. Yeah. But now it's like you said, it's more graphic, it's more in detail because now uh the gay community is prevalent in, in our society. 
We have to acknowledge that. Um, and, and so is the transgender society. I mean, whatever Caitlyn Jenner did, you know, she started a, a trend for people who were, you know, confused in their body or their state of mind and fe- feeling that they were in the wrong body. She made it okay for them to come out and do, to make a change, so to speak. But to teach that change to those kids in third grade or fourth grade yeah. is asinine. It really is. I mean, I can support the fact that a, a woman wants to fall in love with a woman. And I can support that they want to have their parades and, and they want to walk down and, and hold hands or whatever. Is it something that happens in my house? No, it's not. But I'm not going to condemn you because it's not my place right. religiously or politically to disrespect you or judge you for who you lay down with at night. Because if that was the case, I've laid down with some bad people in my life. <laughs> I'd like to go back and just take that off the record. All right? I mean, we have All regrets. All you do is change sexes. Well, I could. I could just go to the meat market and take it off. You know? <laughs> Done. Over. But, no, I, I think that if you want to talk basic sex and reproduction, that's educational. So Not the sex as far as, like, positions and this, that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need my son coming home going, hey, uh. You remember your first blowjob, Dad? No, I don't need to have that conversation with my son. Yeah, he needs to know that when he gets excited and 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 he and and that thing does its thing, it's perfectly normal. Or when a young lady um, starts feeling hormones and her body changing, what she feels is normal. They should never feel that it's abnormal or that they're going to be made fun of because a little girl is starting. She needs to have a, a training bra. Right. She should never feel that embarrassed about that right and and that needs to be taught to the kids and in today's world i think that parents just feel like the schools are doing so much so it should be easier on the parents and we just avoid it my kids and i had this talk last year when they were 12 and and 10 you know yeah uh and and i feel that that's pretty close to where you should be doing it i mean puberty sets in what 10 11 12 year olds uh, when it starts yeah so do you think that you would try to propose any anything any bills or anything t- for the educational system? I, I mean, I would like to block what it is they're doing today. If they want to simplify it and go back to what it was like 1988 curriculum, yeah. I, that was okay. I'm not, I'm not scarred from that. I learned from that and I made good choices. I didn't have a child until I was 32 years old. Oh. You know, I, a lot of people having kids when they're 18, 19, 20, shit, they got 16 and pregnant on TV now. <laughs> yeah. That's promoting it. You know, I had a girlfriend that wa- wanted to get pregnant in high school. Jesus. She was a psycho bitch. Yeah, it sounds like it. She wanted some money or something. She goes, oh, I'll take him. He's got money for the rest of my life. But, no, the the thing is, I say that because it was glamorized. Like, you know, they had um, pregnant, what's a uh, teen mom or whatever. Yeah. And so it was something that, like, she, like, idolized that. She liked that show. She wanted to be, she wanted to live that life. Right. And uh, she eventually did. Well, I hope people don't follow TV because none of us will ever get married again after Bridezilla. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're not going to go that route, you know? I mean, it's like, whoa. Um, but no, on a serious note, I, I, I could see myself getting together with the right group of people to dive into the curriculum that our schools are actually showing yeah, and making some changes to preserve the innocence of our children just a little bit longer. We don't need to expose them to this stuff at this age. I, yeah. I, I, I disagree with that 100%. But what I don't disagree with is that when you have a, a – 12 or 13 year old girl or boy that is feeling like they're different 
you know, I'm I'm supposed to be wanting a girlfriend or yeah. a date for the homecoming with the football or you know whatever dance they have at the school, but I don't want a girl. I, I want to take a boy. If they start feeling confused, there ought to be an outlet for them at the school to talk to. I mean, they used to have therapists at the schools and and nurses at the schools. My son doesn't have a nurse in his school anymore. Wow. If he gets sick, the office says go home. There's oh. nobody there to take your temperature. And and I'm just like, what well, now, is going on now with if you all get this? A cough or a sniffle, they want you. To oh yeah, home. they call me up. <laughs> oh, Landon farted. He's got COVID. You got to take him to get tested. I'm like, are you kidding me? Leave him there. I'm not coming to get him. They're like, you have to. I'm like, it's a public school. I don't have to. I'm at work. And I went and got him. But um, <laughs> beside the point, he took his took his COVID test was negative, and you know, sixty five dollars later, I got to take him back to school. There was a point in time last year that my son had to get tested once or twice a week. And they kept sending him home because they were like, he has a sniffle or he has a cough. And wow. that was a sign of COVID. It got so bad. I had to contact the school board. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like I work. What do you guys expect people to do? Yeah. You know? And if the school's going to send your kid to get tested somewhere, then it should be free. I, I There were several walk-in clinics that I had to go to that were close to the school yeah. and they charged me for it, you know, cause my insurance wouldn't pay for it. Wow. So I had to pay for it out of pocket. And I'm like, I argued with the school. I'm like, you said he wasn't allowed back at the school until he had a negative test. Yeah. This is your bill, not yeah. mine. So it's almost in a way like like Big Pharma forcing this on, on the public. It's like the schools are trying to jack up the revenue for the insurance companies or the, the, the drug producers, uh, the, the pharmaceuticals, right? Yeah. It, it's like they're all working hand in hand, like there's a back-end residual somewhere yeah. for this, and there's, there's not, or if there is, there shouldn't be. That's why I'm running for president. I'm not corrupt. I don't turn my head and get put a, you know, an envelope in my pocket to look another direction while somebody's doing something dirty on the backside, Hunter Biden, you know, I'm not calling anybody out, not naming names, Hunter Biden. But I mean, you know, that that's another thing. We, the people, we run this country, the government works for us. Why are we, why are they hiding everything from us? Yeah. Hillary Clinton's emails should have been all over everywhere for us to see. Yeah. She should be in prison, right? She now. should be. Yeah. She should be rotting away back where uh, wherever uh, Martha Stewart went. You know, they you know that give her the same cell. I don't care, <laughs> but she shouldn't be allowed to run for president in twenty twenty four. And I've heard rumors that she might just do that. Mm. Now, how is that? You're facing treason yeah. for your emails, and yet you're allowed to run. But then again, you know, I'm the uneducated dipshit. You know, from a cornfield in Texas that says, you know what, I'm forty five, and and I believe I can make a change in this country. You know, so. If that's your passion, if that's your dream, but they're not going to let they're not going to let treasonous people take office. But yet they're well, all full of it. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, the puppet show's almost over. That's all I got to say. Yeah, you know that yeah. he, he's not going to get reelected. You got, I think I saw it the other day. It was like nineteen percent of Democrats would vote for Biden mm. in another election, and it was like thirty nine percent of Republicans would vote for Trump. There's a, I have a bunch of coworkers that are in, in, inherently Democrat because, you know, we, I've, I've obviously worked for the auto industry. So that whole industry is generally Democrat. Right. Um, the UAW supports Democrats no matter what, which I don't understand. But um, I have coworkers that I've talked to that I know that are Democrat and they, they voted for Joe Biden. And they openly say that they would have never voted. They would never vote for him again. Well, because he, even though he stuttered in his speech, he tried to talk a good game. Yeah. 
Trump was so overbearing everybody. with his antics, yeah. you know, his overpowering. Yeah. You, you kind of miss the point along the way. And Joe was sitting over there, unity, 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 after Black Lives Matter and uh, civilians taking over police departments and the division and the fighting in this country and the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. And, you know, he's sitting there preaching, we got to come together. And I don't know how long it would take him to say that, at least 60 seconds to get those <laughs> those few words out. Um, but And I think people wanted to buy into the ideology that we can come together. And they still want to do that because I hear it all day long on my TikToks. And I, and I try to promote that. Yeah. It's like, what do I have to lose by telling you the truth, yeah. which is something you haven't heard in a very, very long time? Yeah. You know, well, I think it just goes to show that it takes somebody who's not part of the system, somebody who's not a billionaire, somebody who doesn't have money, somebody who is a working class person like yourself, somebody who cares about the people that live in the country, not the people that live in mansions and right. um, have vacation homes all over the world. Those people are separated from the rest of us. But they when are. But when there's somebody who is a working class person, somebody who um, makes 900 bucks a week or whatever it is, somebody who's struggling to make it, they truly understand what it's like to be an American, a real American. Right. And a patriot. You're not, you're not that far from being homeless. Essentially, right. I mean, all it takes is a couple, couple good layoffs, couple um, part shortages, or whatever. The government telling you, you can't, you can't run your business, and then yeah. you, who knows what could happen. If I were to get shut down again, I'd be in a world of hurt. I really would, because I've built my lifestyle based on what I make, or what I made three years ago, yeah. four years ago, right? Yeah. And ever since COVID happened, I've been fighting just to keep my my head above water, so I could keep what I have, and I, I've had to sell things. I've had to get rid of golf clubs or, um, you know, personal things that I wanted to keep. I put them up for sale to get rid of them. Yeah. And it shouldn't be that way. And if I'm having to do it and I have an okay life yeah. as a blue collar man. All right. Let's say I'm the like middle to upper blue collar here. I always stay true to my roots. But if I'm having to do this, like I currently have a boat sitting in my driveway. It's up for sale. it's like, what's the point of putting 60 gallons worth of gas in that thing just to go out to charity Island in Saginaw and be 50 miles offshore. Yeah. I can't afford it. Yeah. You know, I selling my boat and my kids love my boat. Got a cubby cabin. We can sleep on the boat. We spent 4th of July out on the lake. Uh, we've had a lot of fun on that thing. And now it's up for sale on Facebook because I don't have time for it. I can't afford it. I've got my bike, which I love my bike. That's, that's my time. That's my wind therapy, you know? Um, Plus you need it for gas prices. I need it, you know? (laughs) I mean, shit, 55 gallons, 55 miles to a gallon, you know, $26 to fill it up. And that's premium. You know, I put $26 in my Ram and I get like eight gallons. Yeah. You know, if that, it does nothing. It's like, I filled my truck up and it barely went over E yesterday. I filled my truck up on E this morning before going to work and it cost me nearly a hundred bucks. Yeah. Whereas like three or four years ago, 40 bucks. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. I remember when, when I bought this truck in 2019, it was uh, roughly $65 to fill up the truck. Mm. And now it passes everything but a gas station. And every time I pull <laughs> in there is 150 bucks, Yeah, 32 gallons, five yep. bucks a gallon. Do the math. You know, it's, it's 170, 65 bucks to fill that thing up sometimes. Yeah. You know, and I'm driving to Texas this weekend. Oof. It's like, damn. 
So what's what's next for you during this campaign race? Are you doing rallies? Well, we just uh, my campaign manager. Take a look and see how many people over here. Oh man, they all left. Where'd y'all go? Seventy five <laughs> people. Y'all need to come back in here. What the hell? Um, Bored. We had a uh, we had a uh, RV. Excuse me, an RV company in in uh, New Jersey uh, get back to us and tell us they're going to donate an RV to us. All they want is their name on the back of it. Oh, they wow. said, you know, when you, you know, you drive around because I told them, I said, listen, I, I, I told my campaign manager, I said, listen, I don't need a fourteen billion dollar budget for for a campaign. Yeah, if we can show the country we can do this on ten million dollars, does that tell them that I can manage their money? If I could do a successful campaign on ten million dollars. What does that tell you? Yeah. It tells you I'll be honest with the money, right? I'm not going to be free spending everywhere. I'm going to take a yeah. second-rate RV, drive it all over the damn country till the wheels fall off so I'm not paying for airfare, hotel, and eating out all the time because blue-collar people stretch their money and find better ways to do things. Yeah. I've never worn a tuxedo in my life except when I got married and I didn't divorce, divorce so I'm not doing that again. <laughs> you know? I don't even like suits. I've told my my following. I said I, I I'm gonna first thing I'm gonna do after I ride a bicycle on the South Lawn is do away <laughs> with suits in the White House. What are you gonna wear? Uh, I'm, I'm a jeans and boots kind of guy, man. I mean, if you're gonna represent middle class, you get, you gotta have your your jeans, your your t-shirt, and your straw cowboy hat or whatever. <laughs> I mean, whatever they'll let you wear. But you know, if I could get it down to from a suit down to like nice pants and a button-down shirt like business casual yeah i'd be happy with that yeah but i don't want to wear a damn suit yeah you know if i if some chic or arab wants to come over here and meet me and and, and talk to me in, in my house i'm gonna wear whatever the hell i want to wear if that's blue jean cutoffs and flip-flops and so be it because that's this country who would you re who would you relate more to in this country the the guys sitting up in the ceo offices uh driving ferraris and lamborghinis or the guys wearing their 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 homemade shorts and yeah. and hula flip flops and a and a wife beater tank top. Yeah, I've had a couple politicians on the show, and anytime they show up with a suit and tie, I'm like, why, why? Yeah. Like you're one of me. Like just just sit across the table in a in a t shirt. Yeah. People resonate with that better. I wore like, I wore a Harley t shirt and got a bike sitting in the driveway. Yeah, I mean, you, what's more freedom than that? When you pull up on a motorcycle, I was like, this is gonna be fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'll drink that bottle and then I'll ride home. I, I'm not even playing, but uh, but no, it's just America. That's right, amen. <laughs> All day long, get her done. Um, I just I just feel like you know people say you know you really think you're going to beat Trump. I said, did you really think Trump would beat Hillary Clinton as a yeah, non-politician? Nobody, nobody thought he would win. Nobody. Yeah. And now the country's like on Trump diarrhea. You know, it's like <laughs> everybody's got it. You know, yeah. everybody wants to get on that and. And I'm like, okay, so there's a businessman that made self-made billionaire, right? He went in with the right idea of fighting for the people, but he did it the wrong way. Yeah, he accomplished a lot as a president. A four-year term did more than any president did in eight years as far as the job itself. But he just doesn't understand our day-to-day -day life. He can't. When you oh. go when you go play golf with world leaders at your own golf course or yeah. your own resort in Boca Raton or Palm Beach, wherever the hell it is, and you got hotels and casinos with your name on them, you don't understand that a ten dollar pair of underwear is not worth it. Mm. You know, yeah, you, you're you, out you, of touch with reality. You are. You, you've got yeah. a silver spoon in your mouth. So, yeah. what, what's my biggest advantage here is I really think it's that I can relate to you and Joe and. 
your wife and my fiance at home and my neighbors and every blue collar man and woman across this country that's driving a beat up car or struggling to get to work every day uh, has no motivation sometimes. Um, people who are alone, who are scared, uncertain about their future, I feel like I can touch, touch reality with them. And just knowing that they have one of their own finally in the office who's willing to do the work every day, just like I do now, just like you do now, I think it pays dividends. And 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 if I if I had to say one like, uh, oh man, one thing in my own my own corner here is like, it's not going to be worse than what we already have. Yeah, it couldn't. Yeah, I mean, why not take a chance, right? Take a chance. We did that in 2016, and we were better for it for four years. You yeah. went away from that, and now look where we're at. And everybody likes Trump. People say, would you let Trump be your vice president? I'm like, you know what? <laughs> if Trump wanted to bring his checkbook and be my vice president, we could put him back in office for eight more years. Do you think he'd agree to that? I don't know. I don't think he would. I think he wants to be the man. He could be the he could be the man <laughs> in my shadow. I don't care. I mean, it's 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 a it's a it's, I think it's the idea of his money and his popularity yeah. going with the backbone of this country, which is me. Could it be a good tandem? It could be. Yeah. It could be. We see a lot of the same ideologies. We agree on a lot of the same things. But I just you know I'm not afraid to run against him. I won't be intimidated to stand there and debate with him. I won't back down from anyone. He bleeds red just like I do. Biden foaming at the mouth. I, I don't know what he's doing. You know, and what president's going to make you laugh a little bit? You know, they're all yeah. so serious all the time. Yeah. Um, but no, I you know I've been looking at like Ted Cruz and and DeSantis, not DeSantis, uh, Mark, Marco Rubio. Uh, is two candidates for VP. We've got voicemails out to both. We've actually talked to both offices in, in Washington, D.C. Um, they said they'll get back to me because this is kind of a unique situation. It's a unique story. You know, yeah. some guy just wakes up one day and goes on TikTok and says, uh, pronounces to the world, I'm, I'm going to run for president in 2024. And three and a half weeks later, he's got 70,000 followers and 400,000 comments on his videos. You know, it's, what was that like? Um, surreal. Yeah. It was surreal. It really was because as my other drink, account, were you drinking or something? You're like, I'm, I'm going to announce it to no, the world. I'm that, running for president. That that first video I put up, I did it like eight thirty in the morning. Wow! You know, I literally got up. I was sitting out in front of my house wearing a, a sleeveless shirt, had my coffee beside me, and smoking a cigarette. And I don't know. I just I, you know, I never felt like I was a good speaker. Right? I get nervous. Yeah. And I go back and listen to these videos, and I see some of these comments, and there are people in there that go, "At least this man." Can he, he can he can touch me yeah. with his words the way he talks? Oh, and you're not, real, you're genuine, right? And when you speak from the heart, that's where it's the most pure thing you can do. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time now, everything's on a teleprompter or everything's on a, an agenda. You know, yeah, yeah. We, we're going to make a public appearance, but we're only going to talk about this, and then we're not taking any questions afterward. Yeah. yeah. I want to be the guy that shakes everybody's hands. If there's thirty thousand people there, bring me some. Uh, some alcohol for my hands and let's, let's shake everybody's hand <laughs> well, before they go home. And that's the problem with media too, is that you can only say certain things within a certain amount of time. You're not given the platform to just talk freely right. like you are right now. Right. And, and you know what, when it comes to these, uh, when it comes to the media, you know, we need to, I think we need to shut them down a little bit. We need, we need to let them know who's boss. You don't get to go out and cut me off because you asked me a question and I'm elaborating on that. So I make sure that 
everyone hears 360 degrees of it yeah you know yeah. i want people to understand the whole story not half of it because yeah. it seems like today people base their opinions or their comments on what little bit of knowledge they know on something yeah. instead of doing the research to get that the and full their story. false reporting too right that happens all the time on yeah. cnn joe biden <laughs> <laughs> I don't like throwing Joe Biden under the bus because he just falls off a bicycle, but I'm all for it. So do you have a website or um, I know that you have a GoFundMe so people can help support the campaign? We have a GoFundMe. If you go on to GoFundMe and look up Hudson for president, it's the first thing that pops up. It's a picture of me in a Longhorn hoodie with my kids okay. with me. Um, we have PayPal, Venmo, and Cash App all at Hudson2K24. Um some people have made some donations. We've had about 55, 60 people donate already. I'm not going to divulge how much we've raised already. Um, it's not enough to get on the road yet. Uh, our online store, our merchandise should be available by the end of the week, first part of next week. Oh, cool. Um, I actually had an email before I came over here today that they were outlining how much the hoodies and T-shirts are going to cost to make. Okay. So i got to sit down, and we got to figure out what we're going to what we're going to charge for the shirts and all that stuff. But we have yeah. koozies for, you know, the tall seltzer bottle, cans, uh, beer bottle koozies, uh, pens, magnets, bumper stickers, shirts, hats, flags, all of it, you know. Cool. And it should launch. And I think that we'll get a lot of money through that. You know, like a T-shirt, 40 bucks. Yeah. You know, you, you pay more for a what's – a, what's near here? Grand Rapids. Uh, the What's the college over there? The Lakers. Grand Valley. Oh, yeah, Grand You Valley. probably get yeah. Grand Valley stuff here in Lansing. So yeah. when you go to Meyer or Walmart, oh, you probably pay. right there. You pro MSU right here, too. I mean, yeah. how could I forget them? <laughs> uh, Antonio. Um, where are you at, buddy? Um, no, but you go in and you pay 40 bucks for an MSU jersey or a shirt or a Lakers shirt or yeah. whatever all day long. This yeah. is a campaign shirt yeah. that's only around for, like, the next two and a half years until we take office. And then from there, we change it to – president hudson 2k24 when we want whatever right. so it's kind of like limited edition stuff because it's only going to be around for a little while but uh we feel like 40 bucks for a t-shirt is a good price for a campaign and you know it's going to help us raise money we've already gotten uh an rv that's going to be donated so we got to go out to new jersey pick it up and drive it back Very cool and i want to start doing rallies i want to start getting to the people and i want to start talking to them face to face and shaking their hands and and, and taking questions you never hear a candidate take questions from an audience yeah and i want i want to hear what you have to say because i cannot be from the people if i'm not for the people yeah you have to be willing to oh, for, you have to be willing to be oh. <laughs> oops <laughs> ben i'll get back to you in a minute <laughs> um, you have to be willing to have an open mind and discuss things openly right Right. Absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. I'm going to turn the TikTok thing off real quick so we can wrap up here. Um, because I know, I know why Ben's calling me and I'm not going to let him down here. Hey guys on TikTok, I'll be right back to you here in about an hour and a half, uh, two hours. And I'll take your questions, uh, when I get home, I'll talk to you guys soon. Um, so I know, uh, Ben is in Pennsylvania. Ben is the one that created my logo mm. the hudson for president 2k24 he's done a great job with that and what he what what ben is doing is he's also doing um some shirts from his website beyondcitizens.com and he's a faith-based uh like graphics guy 
So you can go on to uh, beyondcitizens.com, and the first thing you're going to see on there is you're going to see the Hudson 2K24 T-shirts, and you can click on it, and you'll see what he can put together for you. Um, very, very, very talented guy. He's done a lot of work with uh, up-and-coming artists around the country. Uh, he's, uh, he's actually had his picture taken with uh, Dr. Oz and, and wow. been to some Trump things as well. He's a very, very talented guy. If you guys, when we leave, look him up. Um, um, <clears throat> dry throat, should take a drink. Uh, beyondcitizens.com. See his work. Maybe you guys can compro- uh, promote it when you talk about me in some of your future shows yeah, or if you have absolutely. me back or whatever. But uh, Ben is a great guy, um, and, and he'll get a really good quality product uh, to everybody. And those shirts are actually available now. If okay. you want to go on to, onto that website, you can order and I think they're thirty nine ninety nine. I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. So yeah, that we have uh, uh, we have the men's blue and white cut shirt uh, shirt for men, uh, and and blue and white, and then we have a women's cut that kind of gets slim in the side and okay. branches out for the hips again. Um, then we have hoodies in both colors, blue and white, uh, and he, he's got a whole bunch of other stuff uh, on there to look at too. So uh, definitely check out beyondcitizens.com if you want to buy a shirt uh, you can get those now if you want the flags or the hats and things like that those are the things that'll be up okay next week on the bigger site um, and I mentioned the Facebook page right Hudson for President 2K, 2K24 yep okay all that all that will be in the show notes okay so. great, great alright well thank you for doing this it was a pleasure I really got peace so yeah, I got to too man I drank so much water you think shit I ain't gonna make it home on a motorcycle <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks for doing this. It was a true pleasure, and uh, hope to have you back. Hey, whenever you want me to come back, just let me know. We'll make this happen again. Yeah. We'll do. All right.